Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. just thank you for the opportunity to be together tonight. We thank you, Lord, for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your power. And Lord, tonight, I just pray that everything that gets said, Father God, would just be straight from the throne room and that um, my words would be filtered through the anointing and through what you would have me to say, Father God, tonight. And we just give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. And I do know that Pastor and Miss Carla are watching, so you all can wave at camera too. Not that they can necessarily see all the hands waving, but they are watching um, from their home, which is where they're vacationing right now. <laughs> So, um, but they are watching, and so we'll see them on Sunday. They'll be here on Sunday. Dominic's preaching on Sunday, but they will be here on Sunday. So, all right, turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to start there tonight, and I'm excited for what I'm sharing. So what I'm sharing tonight is, I've never done this before, my sermon is based off of a song. And so we are going to teach on this, and then at the end we're going to listen to the song. It's actually a video. Um, but this song has been so big on the inside of me that I was like, how do I, how do I share this? And so I'm going to do my best with the Holy Ghost's help to share what's on my heart concerning this, and um, I believe it's going to change us. Do you guys believe that? That's what the word does, is it changes us, right? Okay, so first, before we read the scripture in Ephesians. I just want to talk for a second about relationships and youth don't freak out because we're not talking about those relationships tonight. So they love the dating series. Let me just tell you, they love it. They so love the dating series. <laughs> um, parents, it's a good series. You should, you should teach it to your kids sometimes too. So, <laughs> um, But we are going to talk about relationships tonight, but not um, romantic relationships. Tonight, I want to talk about our relationship with Jesus because it is such an important relationship that I feel that for some reason when we grow up, we stop viewing our relationship with Jesus as we tell our children to view their relationship with Jesus. What do we always say? Jesus is in your heart. Jesus is with you. And yet when we become adults, for some reason, we almost forget that. Or we try to do life without him in our hearts. Or we forget that he is with us. He is beside us. He is um, there to go before us if we let him. And so the relationship that we have with Jesus is so important. And it's one that needs to be nurtured, and it's one that needs to be invested in. And um, relationships are huge. In fact, we are relational beings. Why? Because our Heavenly Father is a relational being. He created us for the purpose of fellowship, for relationship. And this is why we see in our world, as humans, we desire relationships. We are wired. It is built inside of us to have relationships with people around us. And we see the effects of healthy relationships and we see the effects of unhealthy relationships. And we see why some people are depressed or why some people are fearful and it's because of the unhealthy relationships that they maybe grew up with um, or that they're experiencing currently. And so, and this doesn't, this doesn't change 
despite your age. From the moment you're born to the day you die, relationships are vital. They are very important. And so we need to make sure that we are nurturing the most important relationship that we will ever be in, and that's with Jesus. More important than our spouse or our, our children or our parents, our relationship with Jesus is so important. Um, there's a line from a movie that my youth probably don't know because they're a little younger, but there was a really famous like romantic line from a movie back in the 90s of that was the you complete me, right? And it was like, it's this huge phrase, like, you complete me. And that is such a lie of the enemy that another person can complete another person. Are we all built incomplete? Are we born incomplete? We are until we accept Jesus as Savior. We have, I like to call it, a God-shaped hole on the inside of us. And we're all born with this hole, right? In our hearts, we need Jesus to fill it. But so many people try to fill this hole with other things or with people. We see it all the time. And where people get messed up is they try to fill this hole that only God can fill, and they try to fill it with another person. And when that other person disappoints them, when that other person abuses them or hurts them or is unfaithful to them, what happens? They feel devastated. They feel more incomplete. But the real truth is that they were always incomplete without Jesus. We are all missing a vital piece of our makeup until we accept Jesus into our hearts. And so we never want to put another person on that pedestal of them completing us, them fulfilling us, our happiness, our desires. Why? Because they're human too. And they have that same hole on the inside of them that we all have until God fills that hole. And an example of that... It's just those kid toys, right? Where you have like the star shape or the circle or the square. And people are trying to shove that God-shaped hole with the shape of alcohol or with people or with lust or, what, or with money, right? Greed, all these things. And it doesn't fit well. And it hurts if you keep trying to do that. You gotta have God fill the hole that only he can fill. And so it is very important. This is something that, as Christians, because most of us here tonight are saved, um, we've been going to church for a while, I think this is where the disconnect is for us, is that we know these things, but if you look at your daily life, the things that you're stressed about, the things that are frustrating to you, the things that are weighing you down, how's your relationship with Jesus doing? Because he is there to help you in all of those things. Are you going to him with those things? Or are you trying to do it on your own? Or are you burdening your spouse with maybe things that you should be going to the Lord about? Are you burdening your kids with things that you should be going to the Lord about? It is so important that we not only establish the fact that Jesus is our friend, but are we truly establishing friendship with him day by day? Again, this is why we were created. God created us for fellowship. He is our Father. Jesus is our Savior. And then we've got the Holy Spirit, who's our guide, right, and our comforter. But they all three are God, right? They're three in one. And so each piece of them plays different roles in our lives. But I think sometimes we forget that Jesus desires, I mean, he's inside of us. He desires that friendship with us. And so here in Ephesians chapter 3, this is one of the Ephesians prayers, like we like to say it. I'm just going to read a couple verses out of here. We're going to start in verse 17 and just read 
two verses, three verses. And it says that Christ may dwell, live, abide, fill up, right, in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, next verse, may be able to comprehend with the rest of the body of Christ, right? What is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that we all may be filled with the fullness of God. But going back to verse 17, when we tell kids, do you want to ask Jesus into your heart, right? Right here, this is what it's saying, that Christ would dwell in our hearts. This isn't just a one-time thing that we do, and then we just kind of forget about it. Again, as adults, I think we kind of forget that. Jesus is on the inside of us. He wants to dwell on the inside of us. We need to let him. In Revelations 3.20, um, it says, this is Jesus talking. Revelations 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. This is relationship. Jesus wants to come in and fill your heart and fill your life. And I think that we get so busy with our lives that we don't take time to nurture this relationship with Jesus. And yet I see how, how easily, when we don't nurture our relationship with Jesus, how easy it is to forget that he's even there. Why? Because we're constantly looking at the natural side of things, right? And how do I fix this? And how do I fix that? And how am I going to make this work? And how are we going to pay these bills? And how are we going to do these things? And yeah, there's the, there's the, well, I believe God meets all my needs. And, and we quote those scriptures and stuff. But again, it's more about the relationship we have with him as opposed to just knowing and doing the check marks, right? The more we know him, the more we spend time with him, the more real it is to us, the better our faith will be activated to see these things come to pass. We need to make sure that we're not just doing things because we just happen to know the scriptures, right? Or because we just happen to, you know, listen to the sermons. It, you know, all those preachers who we like to listen to who have all this amazing revelation, they have a relationship with him to get that kind of revelation. So many people want all that revelation without taking the time to build the relationship. And it is so important in the days we're living in that we build our relationship with God that we build our relationship with Jesus, that we allow him every part of our day. So at the beginning of the year with the youth group, um, we talked about just that, making sure that God is not just a part of our day, but that he fills our entire day. So the illustration I gave them was a circle. I had them do like a pie graph, and I had a few of them come up and say, okay, tell me what, how much of school fills your day. And so they do a little pie. And, you know, how about friend time or church time or God time or all these things until we filled up a circle with their life. What, you know, approximate percentages of how much time they do everything. And what I told them was that all of that was wrong. <laughs> Why? Because the whole circle needs to revolve around God and your relationship with him. And out of that stems all the other things in your life. Too many times I think we just give God or church or our Bible reading a piece of our life, just a piece of the pie, when really and truly everything that we do in life should come from the relationship we have with him. 
And so it's flipping our mindset about that because it's easy to do. We live in a world where we have schedules, we have an alarm clock that wakes us up at a certain time, and we get our chapter reading in, or we get some time with our kids, or we get them off to school, we go to work, cook dinner, do the grocery shopping, whatever it is, and then we always make sure we put in a little piece of that time where we spend time with God. But what if we spent time with God throughout our entire day? That's really how we need to view it, that everything we do stems from conversations that we have with him throughout the day. That we are constantly in communion, in communication with him. That we're letting him help us in everything that we do, in getting the kids ready for school, in cooking dinner. Because that's what he wants. Remember, he created us for this purpose. He desires this relationship with us. And so we need to make sure that we are doing our part and establishing that we want that relationship with him too. We didn't just accept Jesus for a ticket to heaven, I hope. I'm so thankful for that ticket to heaven. I'm so thankful that we get eternal life in Jesus. But there's so much more to it than that. There's so much more to it than that. And so I just, I've been more and more lately been living my life just, DJ and I were talking about it, just we don't want to get to the end of our life with bunch of regrets like we get one shot at this life one shot and every year that goes by is how much more I realize how quickly it goes by and I just everything that I do I want to make sure I'm doing God's will for my life I want to make sure that I'm including God into my life that I never live one day just for me that somewhere whether even if it is a a me day because we all need days where we don't need to focus on other people but does that mean we exclude time with God no we need to always make sure if anything that we're setting time aside or days aside to spend time with just God it is so so important okay so this is very important I know we all know this but there is an enemy out there who would love nothing more than to tamper with or to destroy our relationship with Jesus right so the Bible says that he comes to do what still kill and destroy and ultimately that is his goal is to destroy your life but he also I believe tries to destroy your relationship with your Heavenly Father all the time how does he do this he tries to get you to doubt the word tries to get you offended at other people. He tries to um, make you anxious or worried or fearful about the future. And whenever you're harboring all of those things, doubt, unforgiveness, anxiousness, all those things, what you're doing is you're taking your problems and keeping them to yourself and you're not casting your cares onto the Lord. And so we need to make sure that if we ever find ourselves in a state of depression, in a state of fear, or worry, or anxiety, that we start saying, hang on, check up on ourselves. Where am I at with my relationship with Jesus? Because if we're truly where we should be, those things should not be piling on top of us like that. Why? Because he says in, I'm now I'm skipping around on my verses, in Matthew 11:28, he says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So if we're doing our relationship right with Jesus, we're letting him access into our life like he wants. He gives us that rest. And so anytime we find ourselves getting that buildup of just, just the world, it's just the world, that's what it is, just that stuff that tries to just cling to us, then our relationship is probably not quite where it needs to be with Jesus. 
And so it's really important that we don't fall for the enemy's lies. Whenever the enemy tells you that you're not good enough or he tries to put guilt on you, make you feel guilty about your past, whenever he tells you you're not worthy, again, all those things, if you're believing them, if you're holding on to them, then you're not fellowshipping with the one who says you are worthy. You're not fellowshipping with the one who says, I've forgiven and forgotten your past. He lets those things go. And so we need to make sure that we watch out because the, the devil is really good at destroying relationships. Oh my goodness. Even in the natural, he has worked very, very hard to destroy the family unit. And we see it all over the place. He's really good at it. I hate to say he's good at anything, but guess what? He is good at some things. He's good at destroying the family unit. He's good at trying to divide people, get people offended. What is that doing? It's breaking those relationship ties that people have. And so we need to make sure that we are aware of his schemes, we're aware of his devices, and that we are staying in fellowship with Jesus so that when those times of offense try to come or those times of guilt try to come or those times of just the pressure from the people around us come, we can... We can push those aside and go, it comes back to my relationship with Jesus. It is so, so important. So I found some scriptures, because I thought this was really cool, because we don't talk about, there was a time in um, the worship music scene where there was tons of songs that talked about being a friend of God or a friend of Jesus. And, uh, and I feel like we hadn't seen any of those in a while. And he's so much more than a friend. I do want you to understand, I'm not saying he's just a friend. He is so much more. But I realized I haven't been seeing him as a friend. And that's part that I want him to be in my life. Not just my savior. I'm so thankful he's my savior. But he's our friend too. And you think about what a friendship is. And I feel like we've lost some of that when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. He is a friend. And in Proverbs 18:24. In the New King James, we'll start there, and then I'm going to read it out of the today's Passion Translation. Proverbs 18.24 says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly. That's good wisdom right there. It says, But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. In the today's Passion Translation of that same verse, I really... the. The Passion Translation has some really good, it's not, they call it a translation, I don't know if it's considered a real translation or a paraphrase, but there's some good nuggets of truth in this um, translation. And it says, some friendships don't last for long. How many of y'all can say, yep, that's the truth? <laughs> it says, but there is one loving friend who is joined to your heart closer than any other. I really liked that. What I found interesting with this scripture is I, when I read this, I see Jesus in the scripture. I don't necessarily, I don't see my husband in this scripture. Is he my friend? Absolutely. Is he the person I'm the closest to physically here on this earth? Yes. But Jesus is that one friend that we can always go to. As much as I share my heart with my husband, he doesn't always get it 100%. And that is just the way it is. He could share. It's true. I mean, we all have those things on the inside of us where no matter how much we try to maybe have someone see those things in the inside of us, or some of us just hold them in and never share that part, 
as another human, they can never, I don't think, fully grasp everything that's in your heart. But Jesus is already in your heart. He dwells in there. So every emotion you feel, every struggle you have, everything, as much as a person can be there for you, and God puts people in our lives to help us with that, Jesus is already in there. He already dwells in there. He already sees the root of it. He already sees how it came to be. He already knows how to help you through it. And so, yes, utilize the people that God's placed in your life, but at the end of the day, still my relationship with Jesus, that's so important. It's still one that I need to nurture above all else is my relationship with my Heavenly Father, with God. Because if I don't nurture that one and I nurture my relationship with my husband above Jesus, then he's not getting everything that he could. Because if I put Jesus as number one and nurtured that first, then, then how much better will I be able to give to him in our relationship? Again, we try sometimes to just put Jesus, I think, our relationship with him in the same category as the other important people in our lives. And we just can't do that. We need to put Jesus first so that that filters down into the rest of our relationships. That's what's going to make the relationships better, is by doing that. Amen? So let's go to John chapter 15. This is the last scripture. And you're probably like, what? Well, let me tell you something. If I tried to preach for an hour to the youth, yeah. You know, they're your kids, so. <laughs> I love you guys. You know that. You guys are glad I probably don't go an hour. Although I will say, most of the time when I say, we got to wrap it up, they're all like, what? Already? So, which is really cool. But John chapter 15, and we're going to start in verse 12 out of the New King James. This is Jesus talking, red letters. It says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. So right here it says that we are a friend to him, right? And he is a friend to us. But again, going back to it, greater love has no man than this, than the one that would lay his life down for his friends. And that's what Jesus did. He laid down his life for us. He showed the greatest example of love in doing that. And I just want to make sure that we, including myself, because this is what's been really pressing on me, am I giving back to him what he's given to me? Because I don't ever want to take advantage of him. Just like I would never want to take advantage of my husband, of the things he's done for me. I don't want to take advantage of those things. But how often do we take advantage of what Jesus done for us? We want to make sure that we go through life nurturing. I keep going back to that word. Maybe it's because I'm a mom. I don't know. But what I see when I say that word nurturing, I want to make sure I'm investing in my relationship with Jesus. That I don't just have him in my life for what he did for me. Right? But what can I do for him? Again, this is going back to some of those older songs that came out a while back um, about, you know, what can we do for him? How can we be a friend to him. What can we do? Well, one of the things we can do is we can give our lives to him. 
and do the things that he's asked us to do. That's a part of what we can do. Another thing is just spend time with him. It's like what Dominic was saying, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And he said, what are some of the things? One is time. Are you spending time with Jesus? Are you talking to him? Are you hanging out with him? Sharing the good and not just the bad, right? It's always easy to go to God when the bad happens. Are we sharing the joys of life with him too? Are we thanking him for the good things that are happening in our lives? It's so, so important. So the title of my message, now that we're at the end of it, is What a Friend We Have in Jesus. What a friend we have in him. And I just want to encourage you all, like I'm encouraging myself, to invest in this friendship with him. To let him be that friend that sticks closer than a brother. To let him be that friend to you, but you also to be that friend to him. And one of the things that I think is so important is that parents and grandparents, that you're showing that relationship to your kids and grandkids. Let them see that he is your friend, that he is your confidant, that he is the person who you go to in the good times and in the bad times. So when something good happens in your family, share that. You know, let them know that you thank Jesus for the good in your life. Let him, let your kids know these things. And to my youth that are here, let your younger siblings know how your relationship with Jesus is. Your younger siblings need to see that you talk to Jesus. One of my biggest pet peeves is, I love you, youth. You know that, right? And I get the whole like public speaking thing is not everyone's forte. Obviously, it's one of my fortes, so I don't understand those who don't like to speak publicly. But there are times when we ask if any of the youth want to pray like for the offering or things like that. Like I said, I totally get the whole, like, not, not wanting to share. But So say pastor was doing the offering, and he was like, does anyone out there want to pray for the offering? Now most people, again, because of the public speaking thing, would probably be like, mm-mm, like, I'm not raising my hand. And I get that. But I will say this. If he's your friend, if he's someone that you talk to all the time, it shouldn't be hard to talk to him ever. It shouldn't be hard. And so this is what I want to say with that. If it is hard to talk to him, then talk to him more. Because really and truly, youth, it should be easy to talk to him. I'm not saying it's always easy to talk publicly in a public setting, but it's something that should be easy to do. Parents, if you have a hard time talking to Jesus in front of your youth and your children, you need to talk to him more. Because your kids shouldn't see you hesitate to talk to Jesus. It is so important that we, right now our son, praise the Lord for our son. Today was one of those days. Praise the Lord. So, um, <laughs> and so we, we pray before we eat all the time. And so we'll say, okay, let's pray. And we grab his hands. And sometimes he's totally into it. And other times he is like, I don't want to pray. And he takes his hands away and he reaches for the food. But when he does that, DJ and I still grab hands and we still pray for it in front of him, whether he wants to pray with us or not. Why? Because he is going to know that this is what we do. We talk to Jesus. We pray over our food. We thank him for the food, right? So parents, I just encourage you, youth, I encourage you, 
get to the place where it's easy to talk to him. Like I said, I understand talking to him in front of a lot of people may feel a little bit different, but in your home, it should be an easy thing for you to pray. It should be an easy thing for your kids to pray in front of you parents. This is what we need to start establishing in our homes, is that our relationship with Jesus is can be just as good as our relationship with our spouse, with our kids. We want to make sure that we see Jesus in our homes, that we see talking to him as a normal part of our day. Having worship music on in our homes is normal for our homes. These are the things that you want for your kids. Trust me, you do. I'm so thankful I was raised in a home where if my parents asked me to be the one to pray, I just prayed. Like it was never a thing to be like, why me? Like it was just like, okay. I'm so thankful my parents instilled that in me. So parents, I encourage you to instill that. Grandparents, instill that into your kids. You know, youth, get to that place where it's easy to talk to Jesus. Why? Because you've already established that relationship with him. Like I said, your younger siblings who are playing outside right now, they need to see it be easy for you to be the one to pray over a meal or to pray when they get the scraped knee, right? Let's just pray for that, right? Let's just pray for it. Put your hand on their knee. Pray. Believe that it's going to get better. This is, this is, it doesn't just come from just reading this. It comes from developing that relationship with Jesus. It's taking what you read and actually implementing it into your life. And so that's what I want to just encourage you guys with tonight is just establish it and build it to where it's just so easy to talk to Jesus. Man, I probably look weird sometimes. If people could like hear me in the car, which my son can, so he's, he's going to see. I talk to Jesus all the time, all the time. And it's not in prayer form. It's literally just in conversation form. I do it all the time when I'm by myself. Uh, and I'm so thankful that that's a kind of relationship that I have with him. And so if you don't have that, I just want to encourage you, you can get there. You can have that kind of relationship with him. And I believe in the days that we're living in now more than ever, we need that type of relationship with Jesus. I'm so thankful he's our Savior. Don't get me wrong. I'm so thankful he's our Savior, he's our Lord, that he's our King. He also desires that intimate friendship with us, too. He does desire that. I do believe it's why we were created. It's, it's, it's wired inside of us. It's built in the fabric of who we are. And so I just want to encourage you all to, to work on that. Because I know I needed to work on that. Get to the place where it's easy to go to Him for anything and everything. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 